Hello, Roy here. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to The Roy Green Show ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Here's a conversation you never want to miss because uh, our next guest, or our first guest today, is one of our favorite guests. We've spoken many times with the Parliamentary Budget Officer, Monsieur Yves Giroux, about the goings-on in the nation's capital, what they're doing with our money. It's not their money. It's your money, my money, Mr. Giroux's money. He told us one day if the spending in, in Ottawa is not, shall we say, uh, carefully done, he doesn't sleep well. And we know now, right, 40% of Canadians are not sleeping well because of their personal economic realities. Uh, Mr. Giroux, how are you doing? I am good. And you? Fine. Are you sleeping well? Is, is the money being spent properly? Well, I'd say they are very good pills for that. <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh, my God. Pharmaceuticals for everything. Um, let's, let me start. Well, first of all, I want to start because people have asked me this. You don't have any uh, allegiance or you have no um, leaning toward any political party. You are completely nonpartisan in your office, and that's what it's all about, right? Totally. That's one of the requirements of the job. In fact, I was screened on the basis of never having contributed or supported any political party whatsoever. Yeah, it's hard to support any of them, frankly, but that's another story for another day. <laughs> no comment. <laughs> I have lots of comments. Let's start, though, with the Canadian economy. You said uh, not long ago that you're expecting it to stagnate and the federal deficit to balloon to $36.5 billion this year. That was in October. How do things look today? Yeah. Well, today look today things look roughly the same. We still expect the economy to stagnate while well, we are in a period of stagnation. So we said in the second half of 2023 and um, through most of 2024. So we expect growth next year, 2024, to be about 0.7%. And unemployment rate to edge up to reach about 6% by the end of 2024, or it could be sooner, but for, for the year, it should average 6%. The good news in all that is if the economy slows down and the unemployment rate goes up, it means that inflation will probably also go down. And that will allow the Bank of Canada, or should, allow the bank to reduce or start reducing its benchmark interest rate. And we expect that, based on the economic fundamentals, that could start happening in the spring of 2024. So that will be welcome news for many, many persons. Mm -hmm. How dependent is um, what you just told us may happen, which would help the economy? How dependent on that is what the government decides to do as far as spending is concerned, and the finance minister's um, false statement is not far away. Mr. Trudeau has said that he is always, his government has always spent responsibly. That's another topic as well. And I'll ask you, have they, as far as you're concerned, and how significant will the uh, fall economic update be? Well, the update will be important for, for many people, including for the bank, because if the federal government, as well as provincial governments, spend and increase spending, it makes the bank's job that much more difficult, because if the economy is turning at full capacity and there's still capacity constraints in the economy, and you have governments in the country that increase their spending, it's 
adding pressures to 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 the in, to inflation so it makes the bank's job a little bit more difficult so it will be important or interesting to see in the fall update on Tuesday whether there is additional spending or whether spending is maintained at the pace at which it was expected in the budget. My personal take is that it will be difficult for the government to maintain spending or even reduce it because of the pressures it's faced with, notably on the creation of a disabilities benefit, which was promised and was made into um, uh, uh, legislation with virtually no details, but there'll be pressure to announce details, and the uh, commitment to introduce a national pharmacare program, which would cost significant amounts of money. So there'll be, and these are just two of the pressures the government is faced with. So my bet is that uh, government spending will probably increase either in the fall update or in the budget, the spring budget. Hmm. Now, you issued a report this week on the pausing of the fuel charge on heating oil or the carbon tax and the doubling of the rural top-up rate for fuel charge against, again, the carbon tax rebates as costing the government $755 million. Can you provide us what a little more detail on what you found and the implications of that? Because we know what the political implications are. It could cost them... Um, well, more trouble cause could cause more trouble for the Trudeau government that are already in. But what are some of the other facts that we need to know about this particular development? So, um, reducing or eliminating the carbon tax from oil or uh, home heating oil will, in fact, not cost much to the government because all the that the money the government collects uh, from the carbon tax is returned to households. So when the government decides, as it did recently, to exempt some types of fuel from the carbon tax, it just means that there's fewer dollars to return to households. So we expect that in the current fiscal year, it's about $200 million less in carbon tax that households will have to pay, and $250 million next year as the carbon tax increases, and rising to about $327 million in 2026-27. So we have taken the assumption that it will be financed by a reduction of the carbon rebate that households get in provinces where the carbon tax applies. So it costs nothing to the government. It costs money to people who will receive slightly lower climate incentive uh, rebates. So cost neutral for the government. The doubling of the rural supplement, that's that's a question mark that we have. Uh, we don't know exactly how it will be financed. There's a, a lack of details on that. Um, it could be financed by reducing the amounts that non-urban people get. It could be financed through a reduction in the spending that goes to indigenous communities, small businesses, and farmers to help them adapt to climate change or it could be financed from government general revenues. We don't know about that. And that's a cost of $300 million in the next fiscal year, 2024-25, rising to $500 million in 2029-2030. So, but no, no, no details as to the source of funds for the doubling of the rural, the rural supplement. Let, let me ask you about this uh, report on the subsidies for EV battery manufacturing plants in Canada. Subsidies from the federal government, if I understand it correctly, 
uh, from Ontario and Quebec taxpayers. Murky number, or the details are murky, $37.7 billion was the estimate. Your report this week suggests the actual subsidy number is $5.8 billion higher, and that's after you reported that the federal and Ontario governments won't break even on EV battery deals with Volkswagen and Stellantis for 20 years. Not a good deal, huh? Well, <laughs> at least 20 years, and 20 years assumes that these plants run at full capacity from the moment they reach that full capacity and even well after the subsidies are eliminated or expired. So that's that, that's optimistic, to say the least, even when we say 20 years. But governments investing or spending on specific sectors is usually not done with a perspective of necessarily getting their money back. It's to favor some strategic sectors, which is what governments have been saying. And they are also saying that by investing in these now three EV battery plants, this will create a whole new ecosystem that would otherwise not have happened uh, had these plants not been located in Canada irrespective of the fact that the auto sector in North America is highly integrated. Proof of that is that suppliers provide parts uh, for U.S. plants that are south of the border or even Mexican plants. So all that to say, it's, um, it's, it's a lot of optimism on the part of people who have invested or who want to invest from the government's perspective in these, in these plants hoping to create a new ecosystem. I'd be very happy if it was indeed the case, but we'll never know if it does happen, whether it would have happened without the subsidies. Yeah. It's a pretty big miss, though, isn't it? When when they're estimating the subsidies at $37.7 billion, and your office and your report shows the actual subsidy number is likely to be $5.8 billion higher. Let's round it up to $6 billion higher. That's a big miss. Uh, I, I think it's not necessarily a miss. I think it's done in all consciousness. They didn't want to consider these additional costs. And what we've added is the fact that these subsidies will get special treatment. Usually in under Canadian tax legislation, subsidies of that nature are taxable in the hands of the recipient. So companies who get benefit uh, subsidies also have to pay tax if they turn a profit, obviously, on these subsidies. But the government has been saying, no, these subsidies will get special treatment to ensure that the same benefits or subsidies are available as would be in the U.S., where it's non-taxable. We'll ensure that these specific subsidies are not taxable. So it adds to the cost because otherwise they would be collecting taxes. So I think governments full well know that, but they chosen not to highlight that aspect in their reporting of the cost. Okay. So what? Uh, final question for you. What's your greatest concern as parliamentary budget officer? Apart from what we've spoken about, about federal government spending or handling of taxpayers' money, we have about 60 to 75 seconds. Um, I have two big concerns. So the first one is the the fact that every time we have a fiscal document, for example, a budget or a, a fall economic statement, we've, we're presented with a, a track for the deficit 
in the outer years as well as expenditures. But every time there's a subsequent document, budget or fall economic statement, spending is revised upwards and upwards and upwards. So that's one concern. There seems to be only way, only one way for government spending it. So it, it's up. And it's not a bad thing in and of itself, but the government, I think, should be transparent about that. The second concern is the lack of productivity growth in the Canadian economy. And that's, that's how a country becomes wealthier and its citizens. And we have seen stagnation in productivity growth and GDP per capita. So collectively, we are poorer than, than the Americans on a, on a per capita basis. And there doesn't seem to be much concern about that, the fact that we're getting poorer than, than the Americans and the gap is not, is not getting fixed or plugged. It's, in fact, staying the same or widening. So that's concerning for me because if we don't do anything, we'll end up poorer, significantly poorer than the Americans in, in a couple or several years. If you want to hear more, Subscribe to The Roy Green Show on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you find your favorites. And if you like what you hear, leave us a review and tell a friend. I'm Roy Green. Have a great weekend.